0: wisdom and spotify hey guys i am just vita and guess what i am on all platforms tonight i didn't you know i haven't been on my spotify platform as much as i've been on the other one so i am up tonight grandkids is pretty much settled for now um so i said i was gonna jump on we're gonna talk a little bit my topic tonight is devil's advocate So we're going to talk about some issues, right? And some serious issues. Some fun, some whatever. So we're just going to talk. So I'm going to ride the fence. That's why I say devil's advocate because I see things. I'm going to tell you guys my point of view and then we're going to talk about the other points of view of it. So like I tell everybody, I try to look at the full picture. Not so much just the picture in front of me, which is what normal people do. And don't get me wrong. Depending on the situation, I do the same thing. I just look at what's in front of me. I'm not looking at what's behind the sides, none of that kind of stuff, right? So, when I say devil's advocate, there was a subject that um, I've been really voicing my opinion on, right, with numerous of different people. And one of the issues was how all these different people are being brought up on, like, murder charges and drug charges for people who are buying their product and ODing, right? Now, here's my thing, okay? You have a lot of people out here nowadays that fentanyl is their drug of choice. PCP is their drug of choice. Fentanyl is what I like to classify as a silent killer, right? What I mean by silent killer is... You don't have to literally ingest it into your body willingly. Somebody could have some on a glove or on your hand and touch you. And that could be a lethal dose, right? That's why I classify it as a silent killer. PCP and other things like that. Yeah, people can touch you with it and get on your skin, but it doesn't get in your bloodstream like fentanyl. Okay. Now. Most people are like, well, it should be brought up charge. You shouldn't be selling people that stuff and giving people that stuff. Okay, I get it. I understand it, right? But I don't agree with it. Here's the thing. We all have a vice, right? All of us have a vice. I don't care what it is. We all have some type of vice. And what I mean by vice, addiction. Okay, We talked about this like on the last podcast or so. But we all have one. So who am I to tell you or anyone else not to go out there to get your fix? I mean you know what these different things can do. And if you don't you should not be partaking in it, right? That's my opinion. Like I said, fentanyl is a silent killer. Somebody can touch you. Literally touch you. Grab your arm. And they can have that stuff on their hand. And moments later, that could be the end of you. Okay. But then, that's one thing. But then you got people out here just really buying it. You know, this is what they like to get high off of, you know, or cocaine or heroin or whatever. This is your drug of choice. So, because you called this person, your drug dealer, whomever, you called this person up here to sell you something. And you bought more than what you usually buy. And you took more than you will usually take in one setting and you overdose. So that's that person's fault. It's not their fault. Who are they to tell you not to buy it? This is their hustle. This is what they do. This is how they make their money. I don't ask nobody for their hustles, none of that kind of stuff. Who am I to judge you? I'm not saying whether it's wrong or right. Again, I'm just saying who am I to judge you? Somebody said, "Well, what if the people were selling stuff like that to your loved one?" That came up. Newsflash, they did. Didn't I tell you the story about my ex-husband? How I met him? I didn't tell you the story. Well, let me give you a little, a brief story about that. you know how I met him. I met him because he was my mother's drug dealer. Listen, I'm not ashamed of my story. At all. I met that man when I was 16. And he was like 24. That's how I met him. Did I agree with what he was doing? No. But if she's going to call him to buy stuff, whether we agree with her or not, this is what's going to happen. Good, my son's at home, guys, so sorry about the baby. So, that's why I say I'm playing devil's advocate because I've sat on both sides of the fence. Do I think these people should be punished for selling drugs to somebody who is a willing Participant, somebody who wants to give their money. No, I don't. I don't. But in the same breath, I get why people are like, I don't understand why, you know, well, why not? You know, they out here selling drugs, they killing people. Dah, dah, dah. Okay. I get where you're going with it. I'm not saying that I don't. See what you're saying? I'm not saying I don't get what you're saying. But here's my thing. That drug dealer did not force you to call them. That drug dealer did not force you to spend your money to go buy these drugs to ingest into your body. Remember that whole your body, your choice? Because I'm a firm believer in it. So if that's what you chose to do with your money... In your time, who am I to tell you not to go do it? You know the consequences behind what you're doing. And if you don't, that's a you problem. I don't think these people should be punished because these people are calling them to support their habits. And they decided, oh, well, I usually go buy $50 worth, now buying a buying $100 worth. And they go buy this $100 worth and they ingest all of it at one time. And here it is. Somebody has to bury their loved one. No, I don't think that these people should be brought up on all these crazy charges for it. Now, Told you devil's was It's one thing to sell it. So mm-hmm. if you want to bring them up on charges for selling it, I get it. I get it. If you literally want to bring them up on charges for selling it, because I get it. That's one thing. But to bring them up on charges because someone OD'd on the product, I'm not for that one. So that's what I'm basically talking about when I'm saying devil's advocate. It's one thing to sell it and you get caught because you know it is against the law. Okay. Yeah. I was breaking the law and I'm not saying that. Like I said, I don't knock nobody's for hustle. That's what you do. That's what you do. That's between you and the law. I'm not the one to judge you. Okay. But that's one thing to get charges because of that. It is another to bring a person upon charges because they sold it to someone Mind you, these people are calling these people to bring them this product. These people are spending their money. Regardless if they stole the money, how the hell they got it? It's in their possession. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. I don't care where you're at. How you looking at it? They called them to spend this money to go do something. And they decided that, okay, I'm about to ingest more than normal. And they hit a lethal dose. No, this person who sold it to them should not be brought up on charges for murder or manslaughter or anything of that nature. No. For selling it, I'll get it. I'll ride with you on that one. Yeah. Because you know it's against the law. But how you going to get me because this person took their life? I didn't take it. That's basically what you're trying to say is that if they're selling the drug, oh, you took that person's life. I didn't tell them to do it. Was they forced? There's one thing if they were forced to do it or they inject them with this or, you know, some kind of something. I didn't force them to call me and tell them to come buy this and beg on justice. I did not force them to do that. That was a personal thing. That is a you problem. But families now are... Well, you know, they should be brought up on charges because they were selling this stuff. Okay, yeah, for selling and distribution, that end of things. But no, I don't think they should be brought up on charges because that person overdosed. No, I don't. I do not. And I know plenty of people who have literally overdosed. And have been doing these same drugs for years. Now listen. I get it because there's a lot of people out here. We've had this conversation before. So we're going to talk a little bit about it now. There's a lot of people out here. That is selling different products. Right. And. Because whoever they're getting it from. Or whatever the case may be. The product is a little. It's not as potent. As it was. Or it used to be. I'm guessing. I don't know. So what people are doing is they're lacing it and cutting it with different types of drugs, right? And the drug that a lot of these people are cutting different things with, it happens to be fentanyl. Now, told y'all I was playing devil's advocate. Now, if you're out here and you're selling marijuana, because there's a lot of people that sell marijuana, especially in the States, that it's not legal in, right? You have a lot of people that is going to different places getting marijuana and they're sprinkling fentanyl through it. Or they're sprinkling what they call angel dust. Some of y'all you know what I'm talking about out there. That's angel dust, aka P C P. They're sprinkling on it. Why? Because it's more potent. It gives you a more intensified high. Right? Now if you're one of those people that do that, that's entirely different. That's an entirely different beast. Okay? Because you took a drug like marijuana, right, which is a plant. And we're going to talk about that too. We about to. I told y'all we playing some devil's advocate this evening, tonight. Mm-hmm. But you took a plant that gives you a high out of this world depending on if it's a Indica, sativa, don't worry about why I know so much about it. Listen, I used to smoke, there's no secret, I used to smoke weed years ago, okay? Do I smoke now? No. Have not smoked weed like that in years. When I say years, I used to smoke every day, all day. I was in my 20s. I got pregnant with my younger son and was just like, I'm just done. Okay? Have I smoked every day, all day since? No. Have i hit a blunt or two here and there throughout the years yes nothing recent i mean when i say nothing recent i mean within the last maybe five or six years nothing recent like that no Mm-mm. at all so i know a little bit about a little bit but like i said i'm not ashamed of my story i don't have no problem with telling y'all my story i told y'all my gummy story well, I have some in Vegas back in 2020. I won't do that again. Good sleep though, but it makes you groggy when you get up. But anywho, you have a lot of people that take these different things because marijuana affects people differently, right? Depending if it's a sativa or an indica. One's an upper, one's a downer. Okay, I'm not explaining all of that into greater detail because it does not matter if you want to know. Go go. Right. But then you have some people who got that, well, they got it, well, who got Reggie? You know, Reggie is, look, I'm about to hook y'all up on some gang okay? When you hear people say Reggie, that's, I got that Reggie. Reggie used to be that bomb back in the day. When I say back in the day, I'm talking before anything was legalized, before anything was medical, anything. So we're going to take it back about 20 years. If they had Reggie, that was that good weed. Now Reggie is that, you know, it's just Reggie. It's real weed. It's just not as potent. The high don't last as long and, and it might not be as a good of a high if you had some of that skunk, right? Skunk is that weed that you already know, once I take a couple hits of this, I'm done. You know, skunk is that kind that might burn the back of your throat some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Y'all might not admit it, <laughs> but y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Then when you got these people out here that's selling this mediocre stuff, right? Because times it's hard. The struggle is real. Real as hell. So to get people to keep coming back, so people won't be out there, hey man, don't go buy nothing from Sunset, 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 because it's bad. I don't know anybody who sells it right now and the God truth. I don't know people who sell it all like that, you know, so to say names or whatever the case may be, because that's not what this is about. That's, that's besides the point. <clears throat> so what people are doing is they're adding something to make that high a little bit more intense. So they're sprinkling PCP. They're sprinkling a little fentanyl, all. And then that's what it is, but see. You don't know what you're getting. PCP is a little bit different because it leaves a little residue. So if you know anything about weed, whatever, and you're paying attention, you know if something is, if it's PCP or a lot of people used to call it primos back in the day. I sprinkle a little cocaine in it, again, to intensify the high. But see, fentanyl, you can't tell. Don't let nobody sit there and be like, yes, I can because it'll look like. No, you can't. Fentanyl comes in so many different shapes, forms. They can take a fentanyl pill because they give fentanyl pills to, a, like, cancer patients. They give it to people like me who have um, lupus. I also have pancreatitis. So they give you stuff like that. They will give you... I don't have any, no. But and I don't want none either. Let's just be clear. I'd rather deal with the pangs, honey. But they give you pills for it. You can take a fentanyl pill... Crush it up really really fine right you can add a couple drops of water whatever the case may be if you wanted to and you can put it on anything and once whatever it is dry whether it's your food because you have a lot of people that can't take pills and don't like to take the pills don't like the taste of it fentanyl really doesn't have a taste but it has like a little burn and um I only know this because when I'm in the hospital for pancreatitis, right, the a lot of times out of 10 the morphine and the Dilaudid doesn't work. Because I always go when the pain is just to the point I can't stand it and I have a high tolerance for pain. So, they'll give me fentanyl my first couple of days and then they'll start winging that off and then wing me the pills and winging that off. You know what I mean? So... The initial, and I hate it, okay? Because they had gave me some fentanyl. One time I slept for three days. I kid you not. I, I thought I was overdosed. Everybody else did. They were like, you know, if it wasn't for the fact that we would come in there and make sure you were breathing, we wouldn't know you was still alive. Okay? But you got a lot of people that is putting this stuff into the products. Now, if you're willingly doing this for your benefit, and somebody can prove that this is what it was. Yes. If somebody does OD, I do think you should be brought on charges. It's totally different. Because this person came over there and trying to buy some weed from you. Or some cocaine from you. Some heroin from you. And you added PCP. Or you added fentanyl. They didn't come to buy those drugs. They came to buy something totally different. You added this. So, yes, in that case, I do. I personally think you should be brought up on charges in that aspect. But if somebody went over here and just bought some weed or some cocaine or any other drug, and let's just say that they wanted them to add something to it, and this was something you were a willing participant. So this is something that the person, your buyer, has knowledge of, and then they OD or almost OD or whatever the case may be. No, I don't think you should be brought on charge for any type of murder, manslaughter, whether it's in the first degree to attempt none of that because they were a willing participant, completely willing. So that's why I was playing devil's advocate a little bit because a lot of people are like, Well, No, because regardless, they shouldn't be doing it. Well, we shouldn't do a lot of things. But who the hell are we to judge? I'm not saying that you should go out here and sell drugs and do all this other kind of stuff. I'm not telling you to do any of that. What I'm saying is if that is what you're doing, then that's a you problem. It ain't nothing to do with me and nobody else. I'm not going over there spending my money getting it. It's not harming me. And some people say, well, you know, that's kind of wrong for you to say. Because it's harming other people and it's affecting other families. I never told you that stuff like that didn't affect my family. Let's not confuse it. Again, that has nothing to do with me. Because listen, it's one thing you're going to learn about somebody who has a habit. They don't give a damn about who it affects, how it affects, where it affects at. They are going to go get it. How, by any means necessary. Period. And that's going to be whether you care or you don't care. Until they say, look, I don't want to do this anymore. I need some help or enough is enough. There's nothing that you can say or do to stop that. Been there, done that. Been there, done it. So, I'm not sitting here telling y'all something that I have heard. I'm telling y'all something that I know. Yes. Different drugs and people with habits. It does. It causes a lot of dysfunction in families. It breaks up a lot of different things. It does. It does. I won't tell you that it don't. Because they're going to get that hit. They're going to get that hit. By any means necessary. If that means stealing from their loved ones, robbing ladies, I've seen some men do it too. Now, doing things to disrespect their bodies, they're going to go They're going to get that hit. That's there goes that addiction. But no, you can't blame the people who is they're getting it from or or whatever. Because a lot of people are like, well, don't sell it to them. That's their hustle. So, yeah, it's taking money out of your house or putting food in somebody else's. It is. It is. But you can't knock them for that hustle. You can't knock them for it. Because nine times out of ten, before that person was going to them to get it, or even if they say, I'm not going to sell it to them, They're going to go to somebody else that is going to do it, period. You're not getting around that. So that's why I said I write defense on a lot of these issues with it. I, I really do. And again, I'm not saying it's cool to go out here and sell drugs and do all this other stuff. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when it comes to the legal aspect of it, if you get caught selling it, yeah. You know damn well it was illegal. So, yeah, you should, you know, be able to be brought up on charges and suffer those consequences. Yes. I do believe that 1,000%. But do I believe that if somebody willingly came to you to purchase drugs of any sort and they OD... I don't think that that person who sold it to him should be brought up on murder or manslaughter or charges of that nature. No. For selling them? Yeah. You should. But because this person decided to ingest this drug and took their own life, because that's a risk that you take. That's a risk you take when you are doing any type of drug. That is that's a risk. I don't care if it's prescription drugs. Speaking of which, let's let's talk about it. So because this doctor, which is doctors, I'm sorry. No disrespect to any doctor out there. Hell, I'm in the healthcare uh, business, my damn self. But, this is fat. So, doctors are legal drug dealers. Period. So, let's just say this person comes in because if you suffer from migraines, if you suffer from any type of chronic illness, whether it's a migraine, whether it's pancreatitis, whether it's lupus, whether it's MS, cancers, anything that is chronic, okay, rheumatoid arthritis, we can keep going. You will be on some type of opioid of some type, whether it's, they put, give you the morphine, in the hill, the fentanyl, hydrocodone, oxycodone, Um, Percocets. I'll keep going. You will be on medications like that during your flare-ups. And some people are chemically dependent on these in order to function every day. So you mean to tell me if this person decides that this pain is so overwhelmed, right? I'm going to double dose than what I do normally do. You know, instead of taking one and two every 46 hours, I'm about to take three. That third could be a lethal dose depending on your body and a lot of things else that goes on with it, other medications that you possibly be taking, right? So because you decided that this pain is so far out of control that you need some control with it, and you made the decision. Conscious or not, because let me tell you something, when you're in a lot of pain, baby, I don't know. I don't think it's conscious thinking at all, and I've been there and done that one. But, you decided, I'm about to take, instead of me taking two, I'm about to take three. Right? You didn't take, you know, two, and then you waited an hour or two, and then took another one. You would have just took three. And you either OD on it or you attempt to OD. Like I said, a lot of things are going to play when it comes to overdosing. Because other meds can counter act with it. It could be all kinds of different stuff that could, you know. Is this doctor who prescribed you this medication knowing what type of medication this is? What it can do to you? Is that doctor brought up on charge? For your attempt or your completion? Mm-mm. Again, devil's was advocate. So why in the hell is a little pookie on the corner? Brought from charges because you attempted to OD or you did OD? Yeah, he sold it to you. But again, you were a willing participant. But this doctor is not getting anything. Nurse practitioner, nothing. And they prescribe it to you. You know they prescribe it to you because, hell, you had to have a prescription. So, their MPI numbers and name is all over everything. So, there's a paper trail that leads right back to who that person is. But they're not brought up on charges. So, what is the difference from a street pharmacist and a licensed one? Nothing but a piece of damn paper. I'm just saying. Like I said, I'm playing devil's advocate tonight. I'm just saying. How are you going to charge one and not the other? Because you have a lot of people that have to take these boys don't even want them. But because they have a... A um, overseer or a um POA you know somebody who's over them that has to make all the conscious decisions and because here here's fact. If you are on any type of narcotic or any type of pain med or anything of that, you have to have a medical power of attorney. That's what a POA stands for, as power of attorney. You have to have one. They're the ones that make the conscious decisions when you are on medications or whatever, or even if you're not on you know certain things, if you have certain things in your system, they will tell you. I don't give a damn how much in your right mind that you are in the fact that you've had any type of opioid or any type of narcotic period in your system, and it is traceable. Okay, narcotics can be traced in your system. Depending on the narcotic and how much you've ingested, they can find that in your system to 7 to 10 days off of one pill. So you could take one today, go get tested in 4 or 5 days, and even uh, trace is in your system. They are reaching out to your medical power of attorney if you have one. If you do not have one, your primary care doctor can step in to fill in for that. They don't have a medical power of attorney. By me being appointed as their primary doctor, that becomes your primary contact for that. If they feel your pains is not out of control, they want to up this dosage, they want to do whatever, that's where they come in at. So let's just say, I told y'all I'm playing devil's advocate now. Let's just say, you are in excruciating pain for whatever reason pick one. Your regular dosage is not working. You've been taking this regular dosage, the same pain med for a couple of days and you're not seeming to feel any better. In fact, it's starting to make you feel worse because if you take medicines for a certain amount of time, especially an opioid, right? It starts to work on that lining on that stomach. So what happens is everything that goes in is eventually going to come out. Eventually you're going to be throwing a bile. So it's going to be that greenish color. And it's going to be that bitter taste. And that's what's going to happen every time you take this medicine. You're not going to be able to keep it down, whatever the case may be. Right? So whoever your caregiver is, your POA, whatever, they start to make conscious decisions. Well, let me let y'all own a little secret before y'all start changing these dosages, increasing, decreasing, whatever. Make sure you contact your physician. So if it's a specialist that you see to get that medicine, call that specialist. A lot of people say, well, the office is closed. They have a 24 hours. And if they do not, if you're just like one of them small, you know, places where you go where they they don't have an answering service or whatever, there's too many ask a nurses. There's too many ask a nurse. Call and ask one. If not, you get to the nearest emergency room. Do not, and I repeat, do not change dosage, whether it's an increase or a decrease, without a healthcare professional. Because you could be taking that person's life. You thinking you're saving them? You're not. Because sometimes your pain can get, depending on what it's from, can get so out of control till it's ridiculous. See, when you're in a lot of pain, it starts to affect other things. Your blood pressure, your body temperature, um, things of that nature. If you're in a lot of pain, that blood pressure is going to shoot straight up. If you're diabetic like me... So will your sugar levels. Everything increases. And it will increase rapid. So don't do it. Don't increase. Don't decrease. Don't do none of that without speaking to a healthcare professional. You want to make sure that when you're doing whatever, I did it because I called, ask a nurse, or I called their office, and they were like, okay, you can give them an extra half. Every, so, whatever. You want to be able to retrace some steps. You want to be able to go back and say, well, so-and-so, and -and so-and-so told me I could do this. It's too many people that think because, oh, I'm a nurse. Y'all hear that so often. Y'all be amazed at how, how often, oh, I'm a nurse, so I know what I'm talking about. Okay, nurse, what do you do? I hear, I hear... Every day. Well, I'm a registered nurse. And, you know, I don't see what the problem is. Okay, but you're a registered nurse in what field? So people have to understand this because you're a nurse don't mean that you know everything. A lot of people think, oh, because my parent is sick or my child is sick. Or, you know, I'm working with this person. And I just know. No, you don't. Because, see, everybody's body is different. Everybody's body is completely Different because you could be six foot four, 250 pounds, and you can easily take two, three, two and a half, three hydrocodons, right? And be cool, but then you take somebody like me who's only five foot three and a half, about 160, 158 pounds. I can't do that. Taking three of those may just kill me. I'm not saying it would. No, I have not tried. No, I'm not going to. But I'm just saying. So when you hear people say, well, I'm a nurse. And I sit your nurse ass down because they're not your patient. You assume because you deal with other patients. And depending on what you're doing with, you know, what area you're in. Especially when you're a peds nurse. Then you don't really know too much about an adult. Or you are a nurse in neurology or urology, but the person that you're dealing with is a cancer patient. It's totally different. Stop it. When you're trying to get medical professional help from people, whether you're a doctor, you're a nurse, it does not matter. You're not on duty. You are not on duty. But you have a lot of people out there that think because they have these credentials that they can play whatever role it is. Well, I increased it because I'm a nurse and I know that, no. But yet, are they being brought up on charges? Because in some cases, no, they survived, thank God. But you could have potentially took their life because although you are a medical professional, but you're not their medical professional. But are they brought up on charges? And again, little Ray Ray over here on the corner, who probably should not be selling anything, but he is. But yet you're going over there and you're spending your money and you're buying it and you're a willing participant and you're giving the money willingly. He's not robbing you. He's not forcing you to go do nothing. But the minute something happens to you, dumbass, that's what happens. They're looking for him because he's arrested not only for selling, but on murder or manslaughter charges too. No. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm, 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 mm. No. But again, you got this doctor that's prescribed this patient over here a 90 day supply of, let's say, oxycodones or oxycodins, hydrocodones, don't matter. You supply them with all this because they have a chronic illness. And one day the pain just gets so... So they're just like, I just want to numb the pain. I just want to sleep. So instead of taking two, they took three. That third was a lethal dose. You wrote the prescription for it. And you know that a lot of these drugs... Well, ain't a lot of them. They are. All those drugs I just named are habit-forming. After a while, your body gets used to them. So... It's just like taking an aspirin after a while. So people do, a lot of people do increase their own dosages. Don't recommend it, but they do. Now again, it was up to these people to go get this medicine filled. They didn't have to. That was a choice. It is up to them to get it filled and take it. Again, that is a choice. But yet... They decided one thing, I'm just going to take more than normal. Is that doctor brought up on charges? No, they're not. Why? Seriously, why? Some people probably say, well, because that doctor is helping them. Okay? But if you ask little Pookie over here on the corner, or little Ray Ray, pick a corner, whichever one you run into... They feel they're helping them too. They're helping them with their addiction, their habit. The same way this doctor is helping with this chronic illness. They're helping with the pain. So what happens? They started getting them addictions. Then something happened to this patient. Then what? Because so nine times out of ten. They're not going to rule it, you know, an overdose or anything like that because this person had a chronic illness. And Most families would be like, well, you know, they were suffering from this, whatever, and they did take a turn for worse, da 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 whatever, whatever. So they never get autopsies. So that's what they label it as, whatever chronic illness it is. In reality, it could possibly be that it was a drug overdose. Fact. That happens more times than anything. Then every once in a while you get that family like, you know, they were in a lot of pain, yes, but they've been like that. We want to know why they go from this to that all of a sudden. Why did the, you know? Why did the pain get so severe? And then they go get an autopsy, and it's like, oh, because they took a lethal dosage of the pain meds. So the actual illness didn't kill them. the pain med did because they OD'd. And then with that in mind, okay, is a doctor anybody properly charged? No. So, then they start looking at whoever the caregiver is or whatever the case may be. Oh, well, you gave this to them and whatever, whatever. And how do you know that they are the ones that gave it to them? How do you know the caregiver just didn't leave the medicine out and the person took it on their own? But this caregiver is up for whatever, but, okay, doc, you prescribed it. You know what would happen. Again, nobody's forcing. Told y'all, devil's advocate. And of course, a lot of people don't agree with that. Well, yeah, you know, well, if you know it says to only take this, this, whatever, 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 and that's what they should do. Honey, you ain't been in no pain. You ain't been in no pain. Because let me tell you, you sit there and you hurt round the clock. I mean, when I say round the clock, I mean around o'clock. As a matter of fact, guys, I haven't been to sleep. I think I've had maybe 45 minutes of sleep in like 38 hours. And the pains had got so bad last night, I couldn't sleep. Yes, I have pain meds. Did I take any? <laughs> nope. I'll tough it up. And even when taking the pain meds, sometimes they make me feel worse. But can I fault my doctor for giving me pain meds, trying to help me, you know, get the pain under control and have it level out? So, surgery? Cause so surgery is next week. No, it's the week after. No, it's not. Is surgery next week? What's the week after? I don't know. I believe it's next week. I'm almost for sure surgery next week. Next Tuesday. It is. Damn already. So So I got a whole week to deal with all that, right? Doctor's appointments, I got all kinds of stuff going on in my life. But can I fault my doctor if she gives me these pills, I go get them filled, and I feel that one is not doing enough, so I decide to take more? Is that her fault? No, that's a Vita problem. Because yeah, she gave it to me, but she's not forcing me to take them. She didn't force me. To go get the prescription filled. so if something happened to me lord forbid knock on wood my kids and nobody else has any right to go and fault anybody because i la vita decided that one wasn't enough i'm going to take two or three that's all i'm saying when i'm saying devil's advocate you know you got to look at things from both sides you know you've got to look at it from both sides period yes that's why they crack down on doctors giving out prescriptions for opioids because they are highly addictive people are rather chase that type of high to the end of the high but listen a high is a high it all could be fatal period it all can be fatal, especially when you're going through depression and everything else. So do I think that drug dealers of any kind, because like I said, doctors, nurse practitioners, anybody that can write a prescription, Um, I don't know who is walking around in my room. Y'all, my my stuff keep moving. Y'all can come on and listen. I don't know if that's why you passed away, but listen. Have a seat. Let's talk about it. I'm not scared of that kind of stuff by far. But listen. They're doctors and all that. They're just legal drug dealers. They get away with it more than little spooky or on the corner. But if these people are willingly going to get these prescriptions and you decide to abuse it, that is a you problem. That's not that doctor's fault. That doctor... Is Their job is to help you try to get better. Okay? That's their job. So if you have these chronic pains and these chronic issues going on, a pain med is all they can give to you. Surgery may not work. Surgery in most cases, they'll tell you, it may make it worse. So this medication is there to, it may not numb the pain, but to help ease it. Some people want the pain to be numb and go away, so what they do, they increase it. If that does not work, and you have a lot of people that do this, if that prescription does not work, they are going out here going a little pooky and a little ray-ray and everybody else getting something else that's a little bit harder. You can't fault these street pharmacists to the regular pharmacists to the regular doctors because people are out here you know, doing what they do best. They they are supplying their own vices. You can't get mad at them for that. You can get mad at the doctors or these people on the corner. Now listen, for all my street pharmacists, that's why I like to call the drug dealers street pharmacists, it is illegal for you to do it. So if you get caught doing it, that's one thing. But do I think of somebody, you know, off themselves because of the overdose or attempt? That they should be rob charges no just like i don't think that because the doctor just sit here and gave you 90 days worth of oxycodones or oxycontins or percocets or anything in that narcotic category do i think they should be put up on charges because you decided that one wasn't doing enough so you decided you're going to take two or three and you overdose now it's different if you have someone okay again devil's advocate overseer power of attorney somebody who decided that hey it says one or two i'm going to give you two or three because you're in so much pain now see somebody else made a decision for you not cool okay cannot be making decisions for people like that even if they're in pain like that or whatever you're not the one that's dealing with it so if that is the case for my medical power of attorneys out there caregivers anybody else out there Don't you be making them decisions for people. You're not the one that is actually going through the pain and I know it's hard as hell to watch somebody go through it. Been there, done it. But before you make a decision, okay, you need to reach out to a medical professional to make sure that that is okay to do. Because if they're taking different medications and you're upping something, it could cause them more harm or even cost them their life. So you did more harm than you did good. Stop with that. I'm a nurse. I'm this and I'm that. Okay, that's fine. But you're not their nurse. You're not their health care provider. You are. You do that for somebody else, not for them. Each patient is different. Regardless if you are a specialist or not. Each patient you see is different. I don't give a damn if they all got the same condition. Their bodies are not the same. So they're not treated the same. That's all I'm saying. Because in that type of case, when you do have these caregivers, these power attorneys, and all these different people out here taking care of people, which I commend you. Because that, that's, that's hard to do. Believe me, it's hard to do. However... If you decided this was a you decision because oh they were hurting extra days, so I would have gave them an extra half. No, if you made that decision without seeking the proper medical advice from a medical professional, regardless if you are a CNA, RN, whatever, you know, because you have a lot of them that go out and they're caregivers. Or they're just the power of attorney because they're a family member. Right? Keep in mind, you are not their health care provider. You are somebody that's in the home, that is assisting, and they give you a list of things for you to do. You steal, even on their documentation, they tell you, if this is this or this is that or whatever, whatever, this is who you need to call. Don't think because you have those credentials that you can go ahead and diagnose everybody because you can't. In that case, if you are making those type of decisions without getting the proper anything, see they couldn't do it for themselves. That's where you come in at, right? And if you made that decision for them and something happens, they have to be rushed to the hospital because, you know, uh it's an old overdose situation or attempt, whatever the case may be, because their medications counter, you know, acted with something else, hell yeah, you need to be brought up on charges. Yes. Yes, 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 you do. Nobody wants to see their loved one suffer. Or if it's not even your loved one, someone else suffer. But that's not your decision to say, oh, because I feel they're in more pain today than they were yesterday. Because let me explain something to you they could be in less pain that they are, but just because they're acting different or moving different or things are different does not give you the right to increase or decrease. That is not your decision to make. Even as a medical power of attorney, that is not your decision to make when it comes to distributing medication. You can't say, well, yeah, because I'm the medical power of attorney, I can say that you can give them more just this, that. No, Medical power of not that's not what that means. It just basically means that when it comes to their health care, you get to make decisions on how things are conducted, whether or not they can take the medication, or whether or not you want them to be a DNA. How do you want to proceed anytime they're incapacitated? That's all that means. That doesn't mean that you have the right to change their medication dosage or anything like that. That is something that is discussed between you and a medical provider, a licensed medical provider, that person's medical provider, not based off of because, oh, I am medical power attorney. That's not what that means. Learn definitions before you start asking them. And again, just because, oh, well, this is my mom or this is my child, just whatever. And I am a nurse and I've been a nurse for 20, 30 years. Uh-huh. But you're not their medical, their licensed medical provider. That means absolutely nothing. Yeah, you're helping other people. And you think that you can help this person. But you can't. That's not your job. To say medically what they can and cannot do. You got to decipher. Do you want to be that person's nurse or you want to be that person's parent? Because you can't do both. That's not how that works. That's all I'm saying. So that's what I mean by I be playing devil's advocate. That's why it is called Devil advocate because I write defense on a lot of things. That's all that's about. So I'm just saying, learn definitions, learn different stuff. And I think a lot of times, a lot of these laws need to be put in place across the board. Because if little pookie over here got to go to jail because this person od off of a drug that they purchased willingly, Okay. Then these doctors who are giving out these prescription drugs to these people should be brought up on charges too. You know they have it for me. I'm just saying things should be across the board. That's all I'm saying. Period. Alright you guys. It's after 11.30pm Central Standard Time. I gotta be up cause grandson has to go to school in the morning. And then I have the other grandson part of the day tomorrow. I got so much going on in my life, but I get ready for surgery next week. So uh, I'm just making sure my mental and everything is where it needs to be, which it is. You know, I'm good. I'm good. I got faith. Thank God every day for his many blessings. You know, you have to. And that's why I tell everybody you got to remain humble. You got to try to remain as focused as possible. Sometimes it's much easier said than done. I get it. I know it. Ah. <sighs> But you also got to show that gratitude. A little gratitude goes a long way. You know, sometimes we're so stuck in our own ways and stuck in our own everything till we lose sight and lose focus. We focus on the don'ts instead of the do's. You know, stop stressing over stuff that you ain't got. If you ain't got it, you ain't got it. Period. People worry so much about superficial stuff. Quit. Stop that. Focus on what you do have and what you can do. Anything else, that's beyond your control. Let it go. Period. Most importantly, with that being said, you've got to stay true to you. Because if you can't stay true to you, what makes you think anybody else can, right? All right, y'all. I hope everybody has an amazing week, okay? Today started off this week. I hope every day is amazing because it's going to be amazing. We ain't hoping for it. It's going to be. If you believe it, you can achieve it. All right, y'all, I'm out.